Okay, I'm going to pick a no so I can tag the Instagram. So everybody do a funny face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same one I did last week. Perfect. Yay. Boom. Good stuff. All right, Taylor. Well, well, you can stay on if you want, or you can. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you, Taylor. Dude, we have to have Thank you back you again. That was awesome. Thanks that for was coming awesome. on. So nice to meet you. We're going to have you back you. again. It's going to be great. Yeah. Of course. Next time I'm in Bakersfield, I'm going to come see yeah. you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll take you out to Luigi's. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin. Where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight. Let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight. We're on. Let's begin. This is episode number 88. Not sure if there's going to be an 89, but thank you for joining. We have a great episode for you guys today. Today, we're talking about hazing in college cheerleading. Also, we're talking about why so many collegiate athletes bounce around from school to school, and we're bringing back cheer A to Z, and today, we're on the letter J. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. I truly appreciate all all of our new listeners. I appreciate all of our old listeners as well, but you will definitely want to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you're on YouTube, now is the time to smash that like button. Guys, I used to say this all the time like a year ago, but I'm gonna bring it back. If you like the video, then like the video. I would truly appreciate that. Anyway, here we go. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, myself, my mysterious supporter, Heather Peterson of Flipside Pablo, and our newest mate, Michelle. Thank you for all of your donations. Our show is better because of you. If you want to financially support the show, the link is in the show notes. The link is in the description. And I'm going to keep promoting the YouTube channel. Find us over on YouTube. Check out the video version of the show. I promise you, you will not regret it. We're still doing our giveaway. I'm giving away a free coaches training for you and the other coaches at your gym. And as of this recording, our first winner, shout out to Grace, their coaches training is tomorrow. That could be you. Anyway, I'm giving away a coaches training and all you have to do to win is share this podcast on your Instagram story and tag me in the post at Jason Larkins. That's it. Share the podcast on your IG, tag me in the post, and you are entered to win. I didn't say this, but parents, you can win on behalf of your gym as well and get them the training. Winner will be announced in the next episode, episode 89, the more shares, the more entries. I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life, running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real-life cheer mom who represents you parent listeners and asks all the questions that you parents have at home. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. How you been, fam? Good, 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 good. I finally feel like I'm just like... (laughs) okay with like the Thanksgiving break and then jumping right into like Pomona weekend so I've been like cleaning all day 
And I finally got my Christmas tree up, which is like super late, but it's up and we're good to roll from there. There we go. There we go. Good stuff. Yeah, we got our Ashley has been. It's actually funny because Ashley's been on a super cleaning streak as well. She got the Christmas tree up last week, maybe, and then had like cleaned out our whole. I have no idea if I told this on the story. I told us on the pod last week. I, I just told this to someone. But after we had Joey, we had so much junk like in the house. We got so many gifts from everyone that even it's just all in the house. So eventually we put it on the other half of the garage. And so half of our garage has become Joey's storage place. And there's absolutely no room on one half of it. Right. And so Ashley was like, I'm cleaning it out. And so she got in this huge cleaning spree, cleaned out the entire like half of the garage, cleaned out, you know, our linen closets. And I keep my closet a little bit neater. And by a little bit, I mean a lot neater than Ashley does. So she cleaned out her, whole side of whatever Jurassic park that was and you know, and then, you know, cleaned out Joey's whole thing. So Ashley literally right now she's in the living room cleaning even more stuff. So she's been on a super cleaning spree, but yeah, you know, little spring winter cleaning. And, um, you know, as you know, it's Christmas parties galore. Been going to all those lately. Went to junior blues yesterday, had the staff Christmas party. actually had the AKC Christmas party, Staff Christmas parties coming up uh, this week. And so, you know, caught up on some cheerleading, watched some, uh, what, what was on this weekend? American Grand. So I watched some American Grand, just the teams I really compete against. Didn't watch any world's teams yet. And then Battle of Big Top was this weekend. So didn't watch any of that. But I'm sure I'll catch up on, you know, those teams, you know, eventually. But anyway, B, I want to hop straight into the episode real quick. I do not keep my ear to the street the way I used to. Before, I used to be really well-informed on everything going on in the cheer world. I'm not as informed, but um, there is a girl I follow on TikTok who's just always spilling the tea, like, hey, here's what's going on in cheer. And I'm like, oh, turns out CJ is not dating Jillian. And I was actually wondering that he's not dating her. They're just roommates, which I didn't even know they were roommates. Didn't find that out till, till Taylor said it. Anyway, but Taylor is always spilling the tea. And so we've invited Taylor on to tell us you know, what is going on in the cheer world. So Taylor, welcome to the show. What's going on in the cheer world? So as of December 5th, the Sam Houston State University Spirit Program has been told by the university that they are not allowed to compete not only at NCA, but NDA and their mascot. So everybody has just been going crazy about it. I've had alum in my DMs. I have had the dance team in my DMs. It's been the wild, wild west, as I've been calling cheer lately. So this is due to yeah. alleged hazing. And now that there's also video footage of the alleged hazing, which is they call it cat-tizing. So essentially they go to their fountain on campus and they mm -hmm. cat-tize all of the new members, which, yeah. you know, that can be taken a lot of different ways. So they are they have a petition with about 15,000 signatures on it that i saw the university cut their travel budget by about 40 47,000 dollars so there's a lot a lot going on right now with that program and it's it's sad for them and it's also sad for weber because now as of right now, they don't have anyone to go against in their division yeah their biggest competitor yeah are there any other teams it's just a random question yeah i yeah. haven't followed SFA is not in the division anymore. And were they the only two? Austin P, do they have a large co-ed still? Do you know? I'm not sure. 
There you go. Well, either way, even if Austin P did have a large co-ed, Sam Houston was definitely the biggest competition against Weber. So crazy. Yeah. yeah I didn't even think about how that impacted the division. So really crazy cap. So I'm guessing it's like, so video footage is actually out. They're not competing as of now and they've been caught hazing. Dude, that's, that's pretty nuts. All right. Um, anything else you need to catch us, catch us up on Taylor? <laughs> Uh, well, uh, team, uh, USA cheer, they started fundraising for their, they go to ICU every year. So now that they've announced their list, they've all, all the members have it in their bios on Instagram. They are fundraising, uh, Louisville announced they're doing a clinic just, sorry, not December, January 23rd. So that's a big heads up for that. And I think uh, Kentucky's been making some personnel changes. So I've been paying very close attention to that because that's obviously since I was back in the day cheering, they are just uh, as far as like UCA style goes, yeah. the top, top, top. So yeah, they're the following that pretty closely as well. Dude. All right. Well, Taylor, we're going to have to have you back on the show to keep us updated on everything else. Um, Taylor, if our audience wants to follow you and just know everything that's going on in the cheer world, how can they stay connected with you? So I am on TikTok all day, every day at the Taylor Ray, R-A-E. And then every Tuesday on my Instagram stories, I do an anonymous Q&A. So we talk all things cheer without your name being attached to it. So that's always fun. Keep it interesting. Same screen name. It's the Taylor Ray, R-A-E. There we go. Thanks for, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of y'all. <laughs> Let's likewise. Well, it seems that hazing is alive and well in college cheerleading. Not that it's what guys don't cancel me. I'm just saying that it's still there is still hazing going on in college cheerleading back like when I was uh, cheering. It's pretty crazy because the broad and I'll paint this picture for those who've never been involved in college cheerleading as an athlete or as a coach or whatever the case may be. If you're a parent, and you're just like, oh, so the definition of hazing is like really, really broad. So lots of things are considered hazing. We have the normal things that we consider that everyone would consider hazing, um, you know, just forcing athletes on the team to do, you know, absurd things. Hey, you have to drink this drink. You have to, you know, climb to the top of this mountain holding whatever, or, you know, just do like random weird stuff. Hey, you're going to be my, driver for the next two weeks, you know, wherever I need to go, you're going to drive me, you're going to do my laundry, like those normal types of like what we'd all consider hazing. But the reality is like the, the definition of hazing is so broad that it really constitutes anything that like separates like the rookies. And it's usually rookies that you haze that separates the rookies from the rest of the team. Right. So when I cheered at Palomar, this actually would have been considered hazing. Now, I don't think anyone's going to lose their job over it necessarily, or that the team won't be able to compete at nationals because of it. But it is like by the letter of the law considered hazing. So when I cheered at Palomar Junior College, we had we cheered at the football games, right? And there's all this equipment that you had to bring to the football games. We had to bring megaphones and the pom poms and water bottles. And we had this huge speaker system that did not have wheels. It's pretty heavy. It was a pretty heavy speaker system that we had. And 
were assigned one of those pieces of equipment, right? I think I was in charge of the megs. So every football game, I was the one who had to bring all of the megs to the football game, right? And then one of my roommates was assigned the water bottles and it was his job to bring all of the water bottles, right? But all of these things were assigned to rookies, right? None of them were assigned to any of the returners, veterans on the team, right? So that actually is considered hazing, right? Because us rookies had to carry all of these things. And so there's that definition, which I don't think uh, too many people get bent out of shape about. Again, if you are a rookie and you don't make mat and you're upset, right, then you might bring that to administration and that might, again, okay, maybe that might get someone in trouble. Again, I don't think anyone's going to lose their job over it, but if you do out, you know, and it starts growing progressively, then yeah, maybe someone's going to lose their job over that. But, you know. I hear this and, you know, I think of, you know, were they doing that type of hazing or are they doing, you know, things to the extreme? Now, based on my experience, big schools, and I'm not saying Sam Houston. Well, I guess, I guess I am. Now I am. They said they've been catizing people. <laughs> Sounds like they're dunking people in the water, but, um, now that video evidence is served, I didn't know video evidence had surface of the hazing. But again, so I'm not saying that Sam Houston did this. What I am saying is what I know about college cheerleading is that big schools like that, Sam Houston, Louisville, Kentucky, SFA, I'm guessing, you know, a school like Weber, I'm not saying Weber's, you know, guilty of any of these things, but big schools like that with really talented cheerleaders like these teams that go to nationals and really he heavily competitive especially with boys on them those schools do engage in some form of hazing and some of it is very light where the rookies have to you know carry the water bottles or carry the luggage up the stairs all the way to you know really really extreme things right i cheered you know at sfa right and at the time sfa was winning national championships all of the time so we had really really talented um athletes on the team right and rookies would come in and rookies well not rookies the veterans wanted to humble the rookies and you humble rookies by hazing them making them do absurd amount of things um but over the years hazing has gotten they have tried to do away with hazing over the years. So, you know, when I, this is actually a fun fact, B, I was in a fraternity. You might not have known. I think I might've said that on the pod before, but I was in a fraternity and hazing, as everyone knows, is really, really bad in fraternities, really bad in fraternities. And when I pledged, you could tell, I could just tell that they were trying to, not that our fraternity was trying to get rid of hazing, but that society in general like institutions were trying to like the school sfa was trying to get rid of hazing within the fraternities right so i remember they like made it crystal clear you guys can't tell anyone that we're hazing you they would close all of the the windows and the blinds we couldn't talk about being hazed like any of that stuff and i could just tell like through that whole semester like hazing wasn't the norm anymore that they were still trying to do it but that if they got caught there were going to be some serious repercussions i actually went to this um 
we had this meeting. It was all of the Greek life on campus. All Greek life on campus went to this meeting. They brought in this guy about what the the duty and jobs are of the responsibilities for for Greek life, right? So for fraternities and sororities. And he, he he was actually really, really good, really good speaker. And he just talked about how like hazing shouldn't be a part of that, a part of our, our fabric of life. And, you know, he just goes on and says all these things. And so I remember during that time, like them trying to phase out hazing and, and all that say this or well, actives and, and then veteran cheerleaders, you guys don't have it as bad as we do. And I think that's the problem with why we still, why it's not completely gone out of one college cheerleading or two fraternities is as a rookie, you get hazed and they're making you do all sorts of stuff, right? And your life just for that semester or that year is just awful. Like it's just awful. Like people are picking on you the whole time and you know, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. And the only thing you're thinking is I can't wait not to be a rookie anymore. Like I can't wait for my rookie year to end. Cause this is awful because you get it. Every, you know, Hey, the mats need to be put away. Rookies roll up the mats. Oh, this needs to happen. Rookies. You got to do this. Oh, can this happen? You got to do this. Right. You know, and if you're a social rookie, right. And you're going out, like hanging out, like at parties and stuff. Then you got to deal with it outside of practice too, right? You're hanging out with all the team. Hey, go run and grab us all beers. Oh, we got to go, you know, you got to go get beers for the whole party for everyone, right? And so like those things, like, so as a rookie, all you're thinking is one of two things. I can't wait not to be a rookie anymore because this is awful. And then the other thing you're thinking is I can't wait to pass this on to other people. And maybe you're not thinking I can't wait to do that, but when a new class of rookies come into the team and now you have a little bit of power, you're just thinking about taking it out on all the new rookies, right? Coach Josh said this the other day at practice. And I was like, man, that is so true, but hurt people hurt people. Right. And so, you know, I remember being a rookie getting hazed doing all this stuff. And as soon as we have a, as soon as I'm not a rookie and I have a little bit of power, I'm like, man, Y'all can't tell me nothing. And I, I just, you know, I just wanted to take all the things that our vets did to us, like to me as a rookie, like I was ready to reciprocate that to, to the incoming rookies. Right. And so I could see how I can see how as much as institutions and programs and society wants hazing to die off. It's really hard because you have, you always have this class of new vets who feel like, no, 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 like this is unfair. I got hazed, right? I had to do X, Y, and Z. You've got to do X, Y, and Z. Um, now again, I don't really know too much about the Sam Houston thing. I just heard that they aren't going to the nationals because they got caught hazing. Um, and then I heard the captism thing. So that doesn't really sound from what it sounds like to me sounds like there's a, you know, I heard this same time you guys heard this. sounds like there's a, a fountain on campus and to be a part of Sam Houston cheer, right? They, it sounds like they baptize you in the fountain. On surface level, now it doesn't sound like they're drowning them. It sounds like they, you know, like a baptist, like they dunk them and you rise up again. And now you are a Sam Houston state cheerleader. Um, so 
I don't know. I'm sure there is more going on. I'm sure they did an investigation that they found out that there is a lot more going on than or have reason to believe there's a lot more going on than just, you know, dunking rookies in the water. But, um, you know, it is. It was alive and well when I was cheering, and it seems to me that although we're it seems like the the sport it's not just it's any time when there's people with power because it was happening definitely in the fraternities my school actually i don't know i'm just going off on a super tangent but my school like i said i cheered at Stephen f austin state university i was a phi out phi delta theta they are no longer at sfa they like got in trouble for hazing and they got like kicked off of campus and so we actually don't even have a chapter at sfa anymore fun fact for that so and that just happened within the last two years or so it probably happened this, this year or last year it happened that they got caught hazing and yeah, but yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty serious business. Cause people take it, people take it a little bit too far. So um, anyway, B anything on, on hazing you want to hop in on? I immediately, like when we talked about it, I immediately went to like, okay, that's what happens in fraternities or sororities. And I mean, I was never in a sorority or anything, so I don't know, but I think there's like, like you said, there's different levels to it. And I mean, I don't think like baptizing them in a fountain was that bad. That's just my own opinion. Um, don't come at me for it. But obviously it was, it was so much more than that, obviously, because by just, mm. you know, dunking people in some fountains, um, I just don't see that being such a gigantic deal like it seems to be this is. So there had to have been a lot more. And I think it all comes down to, like you were saying, no, if I, you know, I had to be the rookie, then this person has to be the rookie. I think it takes those couple of people to stand up and be like, no. You know, just like you say, I'm breaking mm -hmm. the generational curse okay, I'm breaking this hazing curse. Like it just takes those few people and we need more of those people in this world to just say, no, we're done. We're not doing it anymore. Because I know as a mom, like I'd be so irritated if it happened to my girls, which brings me to, mm -hmm. I, I didn't, it wasn't very bad, but as they're, you know, in seventh grade and they made the cheer team, there were some girls on their cheer team that were like, you're in seventh grade. You're a Sebi. You're not. No, only eighth mm -hmm. graders can do this. And I, I hate to be mm -hmm. this person, but I'm going to be this person right now. These girls were telling my daughters this, and I'm thinking they're like full on athletes. Like they are in the gym mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. Sometimes it's an all weekend thing if we're traveling. They've been doing this cheer thing longer than these girls that were saying that. So Mm -hmm. Like, sadly, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it. You know, they have a lot of skills for, and for you to tell them no, it just really like frustrated me. So, I mean, they didn't, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't full force hazing, but it was still, they were being, because they were the newbies. They were being semi-hazed, yeah. if you want to call it. And so as a parent or as a young adult going into these things, I I don't think it's right. I don't, but it's going to take the yeah. one few people. It's going to take just take a couple people to stand up and say, we're not doing this anymore. And yeah, 
you know, the whole, um, you can't tell anybody that we're doing, we're hazing you. Uh Uh-uh, absolutely not. Like, maybe I'm just like a stronger person than more people. But if someone tells me you can't do something, Mm -hmm. clearly there's something wrong with it. You know you're not supposed to be doing that, you know? So they know it's wrong. They're afraid they're going to get in trouble. If I was in that position, I'd be like, oh, you told the wrong person that because I'm going to let my lips flap, Mm -hmm. buddy. Um, Yeah. I think it's sad for the ones that, you know, didn't do, I don't know. I don't, didn't read too much into it, but I think it's very sad for the ones that, you know, might not have done the hazing or the ones that were the victim of the hazing. And then, you know, they're, it's taken away from them now due to, you know, majority of the people or some of the people that did this. So I definitely don't think it's right. I think it stinks for those people that have to suffer the repercussions of it, of being innocent. Um, but I think we we don't really realize it, but more often than none, it's done a lot in a lot of different things. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. even if you are new, joining a new cheer gym, I know coach-wise, coach like for us, you know, I don't think that's done. But if you listen to the athletes talk, you're like, oh, they're they're new, so they don't know how to... I mean, maybe they don't treat them wrong or anything, but mm-hmm. things being said can hurt people's feeling or things like that. You know, I think it's done a lot more in a ton of, you know, your work, your gym. Uh, and I'm, when I say gym, I don't mean cheer gym. I mean like the actual workout gym. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you start something new, things like that, I think it's done a lot more often than we actually really realize. Yeah. And you brought up a good point with the sevies. I had never heard that term before. I heard it. I, I, I haven't heard that term until I moved to Bakersfield. And I remember hearing the kids one day like said something like, oh, you're just a sevy. And I remember hearing that and I was like, oh, that's what they call. That's what the eighth graders call the seventh graders, you know, as you know, as a form of hazing. Right. Just like you are less than us. You're a sevy. And I never heard that because when I was in school, sick, we middle school for us was sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And so I was like, oh, they like demean the seventh graders, which, you know, I got a little chuckle out of it. But it, it, it does stem from that's where the seed is planted, right? Is like things like that. Like you are less than us. You're a rookie or whatever doing this. We don't have a ton of collegiate listeners on, on this, um, that listen to us on this platform. Um, we're, you know, we're mostly coaches and, and parents, but you did make a great point, which if there is someone listening, I will say this. And you said breaking the generational curse, right? And it does, it is going to take someone who just says, no, you know, like we got to change the culture of our program. And this isn't the culture that we want. Um, when I coached at CBU, right? Cal Baptist university, we got there and we really had the opportunity to kind of remake the remake the program in our image, Tammy and I, right. And, you know, Tammy and I, people of faith. So we wanted it to be a God honoring program and we didn't want to have you know, I definitely, as much as I loved SFA, we were a uh, a team with winning tradition, very talented cheerleaders. There are lots of things that we did that you would not consider moral, right? And so, although I wanted to have a winning tradition like SFA, I wanted to have a moral program, like a program that I would want to send Joey to, right? A program that I wouldn't be ashamed of, you know, to to recruit parents and like, you know, be able to look them in the eye and go, 
you should send your daughter here to our program, right? And so because we have a combination of, of two things, one, Tammy and I wanted to have a a program that we could be proud of, right, morally. And we had a lot of – we had – especially when we first got there, a lot of very moral athletes, kids who grew up in the church with, you know, I'm not saying every Christian kid is, is, you know, does everything perfect, but we had a lot of like really good kids in our program, right. Who chose CBU first and foremost, because it was a Christian college and wanted like a Christian environment and reinforce like kind of those ideals that they grew up with at their house and with their parents and in their church and wanted that in their cheer program, right? Or, and, or wanted that in their school and just went, oh, they happen to have cheerleading. I guess I'll cheer too. Now, as we got better and more talented, started winning more, then it kind of shifted where we started getting athletes who kind of that Christian aspect was like either a bonus or just something like, oh, this is just, I guess it's just something I have to deal with because they wanted first and foremost to be part of our cheer program. One, we didn't have boys, and so boys is a huge part of of hazing. Um, I'm guessing hazing happens a lot more in co-ed programs than it does in all-girl programs, or at least hazing to the extreme. Um, but yeah, but you know, I remember when we took over, we wanted to have like a program that was on the straight and narrow, right? Um, that was important. So we didn't enforce or like reinforce or allow those types of things to happen. Now – Maybe it happens subtly, you know, with individual athletes. You can't control all the individual athletes, but it wasn't a pervasive thing, like a widely known and common thing the way it is on some of these other big college cheer programs, right? Um, yeah, you made another really good point that I wanted to comment on. Um, oh, about Sam Houston. With it might have, I am guessing that it was that the video footage that surfaced with them being captized, right? I'm guessing that's not what got them canceled. I'm guessing the administration has heard things on a deeper level. And I think that you're exactly right. I don't think it was just that. I think that's the, the only video evidence that they have. But I think that they, and I'm not saying anything else is true. I'm saying that the administration has reason to believe that it's going more than just, you know, baptizing kids in the fountain. So anyway, go ahead, B. No, definitely. I, I mean, and you know, we don't know. And I like that. You said that video that has surfaced. I, I, I haven't seen it and I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I think every team, like as they get older, have like an initiation type thing. And, you know, let's just say off the wall that, Captizing them is their initiation to the team. Um, but yeah, there had to have been something else. And if there wasn't, then maybe they're just making like a statement of this is not happening no matter what type of thing. So either way, it's sad. And every, and that's, yeah, as <laughs> we keep going and going. Um, us as adults, you know, we definitely have to, like, and parents listening, coaches listening, I think it's, like, a nice reminder to just talk to our athletes again and, you know, this is not accepted, it's not right, and, you know, just reiterate it. I mean, things need to be reiterated every now and then. 
Last thing I will say, I don't know what happened at Sam Houston. I'm really trying to speak on generalities of what I know from college athletics in general. Um, But I will say this. I do feel bad for the athletes who are not involved in the hazing, who don't have the opportunity to go and compete at nationals. Because I remember being a college cheerleader. The only thing you care about is college nationals. It's the only thing that matters in the entire world is going to compete at college nationals. And so I, I do really feel bad for the athletes who had zero to do with this, but have to, you know, bear the consequences of their teammates who, you know, were involved in this hazing that, you know, cause these kids work super hard to get to this level and, you know, some of their only opportunities to go and win, you know, you only get so many opportunities to go and win college nationals or to even go and compete at college nationals. And so it, it does sadden me that the, there's a few athletes who, who ruined it for, you know, the program, the entire program, right? They said, she said, the dance team, the cheer team, and the mascot, right? All None of them get to go and compete at College Nationals this year. So very unfortunate. Um, but when we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the question of the week. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. All right, B, let's get to the Sounds Like That question of the week. Sounds Like That, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer tracks. If you are looking for music, whether it's rally routine music for your high school team, if you're looking for a new eight count track just to practice to, you need music because you're in a bind, you need an anthem, whatever the case may be, link in the description, soundslikethat.com. Tell them Let's Talk Cheer sent you. and um. Yeah, get your music. So B, hook us up. What's the uh, sounds like that question of the week? Well, on the topic of college cheerleading, we have a question from Kristen. And she says, why do so many collegiate cheer athletes bounce around colleges so much? This guest was at four different colleges. And you see that a lot. Why? Great question. So this question is way back from when Ryan came on. Ryan Johnson from the coach at HPU, and he told his story, and he was at, where'd he go? Navarro, HPU, OSU, and Oklahoma. So yeah, four different colleges. And you know, I will admit, four seems to be a little extreme. I don't think that is the norm, but you know, you do see college cheerleaders go to several different schools, especially the really competitive Big-time cheerleaders do bounce around from school to school, and I will try to provide some context for that. So I think first is junior college. That's the the one of the big reasons why, and that automatically puts two schools on your resume, right? Your junior college and then wherever you transfer to. So junior college, it's really hard to make a university team, a competitive university team, right? A team like Stephen F. Austin, where I went, Sam Houston, Weber State, 
um, Louisville, Kentucky, Oklahoma. It's really hard to make one of those types of schools without, as a boy, straight out of high school, right? One, the, the stunting, and stunting has gotten significantly stronger in all-star cheerleading, but especially when I was cheering, and up until a few years ago, boys didn't hold their own stunts in all-star cheerleading. So boys always did multi-base stunts, right? You and at least one other guy, but some schools or some teams, if you weren't really that good, you had three bases under the stunt. So one, boys didn't hold their own stunts. Boys, so there's a completely different stunting level and guys just aren't really that strong at that age, right? Guys don't really start getting like real strength until they are in their 20s, right? And so they just don't have the talent yet to cheer at one of these big schools. So they don't have the talent or the strength or the like exposure to cheer at one of these big schools. So you have to go to junior college first, basically before you can go and transfer to, before you're good enough to make it to one of these other schools. Um, actually happened with me. I cheered, you know, I cheered in all stars and I wanted to cheer at Hawaii Pacific university. It was like the team, you know, the, the school I wanted to cheer at and was it nearly good enough? I couldn't do any of those stunts, right? I could do like a toss lib, right? Pretty basic co-ed stunt, but they were doing full ups and rewinds and all these like elite collegiate, you know, skills. And I had zero experience with, with any of them. So I sent in my tryout video, HPU got cut, was like, okay, what am I going to do now? And decided I was going to go to Palomar, you know, college went there two years, learned how to do college stunts, got significantly stronger. And, you know, by the time I was done at Palomar, I was able to transfer. I actually went and tried out at HPU, right? Sent in my tryout video, made the team at HPU. Now, as I've said already a couple times on this podcast, I did not end up going to HPU. I ended up going to Stephen F. Austin. So why did I go to Stephen F. Austin? So I think the other reason why we find cheerleaders bouncing from school to school, that it isn't really what they were looking for in their school. Me, I go to Palomar which is a college, but it is a junior college. So it's kind of like 13th grade, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of this hybrid, you know, it's not high school, but it's not the big university experience that, you know, I want after going to Palomar. Like I want a big university experience and just want that, that whole experience. Right. And I remember going on my campus visit to HPU and HPU is kind of a weird, it's like in this, it's in Honolulu. But it's they don't have like a main campus. Like they have classrooms that are in downtown Honolulu, right? So you'd see like a Starbucks. And then like right next door to the Starbucks is is like your classroom, is like your math class. And then right next to your math class would be an H&M, right? And so they, these classes like all sporadically throughout, you know, downtown Honolulu. And there's no like real central campus. Now there is like a, another campus somewhere else, but it wasn't what I wanted in like in a university. Right. And so I think a lot of times now I transferred, now I end up just making the team going, you know, visiting. I went to camp with HPU and after camp, I was just like, yeah, this just isn't for me. Right. It wasn't the cheer team. It was really the school. And I was just like, this just isn't for me and got the opportunity at SFA. But a lot of kids We'll go, they'll finish the year, they'll finish the semester, whatever it is, and they'll go, yeah, this just isn't for me, and they'll look to transfer, right? So 
The other thing is, is that the cheer team isn't what they wanted or expected. Uh, so yeah, so the cheer team isn't what they wanted or expected. Now, especially, and I'm not talking about all college cheerleading teams. I'm talking about the ones that are really competitive, the ones that go to NCAA nationals, the ones that go to UCA nationals, these really competitive teams that are more like our all-star teams that we have, not the ones that are more like high school you know, teams where they're just really focused on game day. I'm talking about the ones that are really competitive. Teams that are really competitive, those kids are going there first and foremost because of the cheer program. Like that's the only thing that matters to them is the cheer program and everything else they'll figure out after they make the team that they want. And so, you know, this is another true story. I was at Palomar, didn't know really what I wanted to do, what I wanted to major in. And now I have to, you know, I'm applying to schools. You have to declare a major, right? And I remember reaching out to my high school counselor and being like, hey, I, you know, I want to be a coach. That's what I want to do. What should I major in? And my high school counselor's like, you should major in kinesiology. That's what you need to do if you want to be a coach. And I was like, awesome. I remember being so ecstatic that I had like a major that I could finally like tell people. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do kinesiology. This is awesome. And I go to apply HPU and they don't have kinesiology. That didn't change my mind from going to HPU. I was just like, I guess I'll figure, I guess I'm not going to do kinesiology. I'll just figure something else out. I thought I had a career path. I guess I don't because I wanted to cheer at HPU. It's like what I wanted to do. Now, eventually, again, I decided I didn't want to go to HPU. I was going to go to SFA. And I remember applying for SFA. What's your, and I remember looking up the majors and they had kinesiology. And I remember being like, what, isn't that, you know, awesome. They have, this is a good thing. I'm going to be able to do kinesiology there. And if they didn't have kinesiology, I still would have went to SFA and I just would have figured out something else to study while I was there. And so I say all that to say that cheer is like first and foremost to these really competitive schools that, you know, go and compete at nationals. And so when cheer isn't like exactly what you want it to be, then you'll find, you know, another place where you can do cheer at, especially if you don't have, you know, your parents there. Especially if you are an adult and you feel like you're making adult decisions and I'm going to do this and this is where I want to go, right? So kids that don't make the mat, they don't make the mat and they don't really feel like they have an opportunity to make the mat, then they'll find another school where they can go make the mat at. If, you know, if the team really isn't competitive, right? You're a really good cheerleader and you feel like you have the talent to go and win NCA college nationals or UCA college nationals, but you feel like the people you're surrounded with, like, well, I can't win with these guys. Well, then you're going to go and transfer to some other school. So I could see how, or, or not nice. I, I obviously I can see how these teams or how athletes can go and transfer from school to school. Again, I think four is a little bit extreme. I think two is pretty common for really competitive athletes. And, you know, I don't think three schools is unheard of. Now, I don't recommend going to three different schools, but I I don't see it's not. I hope that answers your question why so many different athletes go to multiple schools when it comes to collegiate cheerleading. I hope I explained that um, well. We actually have a second question of the week this one was sent and also i'll just read this one real quick if you say and this one is from a kid at american this one is from one of our athletes at american don't know who 
it was anonymous, but it does make me laugh. If you say conditioning isn't a punishment, why do we do bear crawls or up downs when we do something wrong? Okay, that's a great question. So I I actually got this from Coach Troy. Coach Troy used to say this all the time at fantasy practices. They'd be conditioning and they're sweating and doing burpees and doing all this stuff. And Coach Troy would always go, this is not a punishment. And so I, and he really meant it. It wasn't a punishment. And so I do say that often at practice. However, I will say this. If you're doing burpees, mostly if you're doing bear crawls or up downs, right? Burpees, most of the time, that is a punishment, right? I don't say most of the time because we do bear crawls when it's not a, a punishment. But here's, here's me. All right, guys. I do this all the time in practice. All right, guys. Um, three, two, one. No one's moving. If you're moving after I say one, then you're going to do up downs, right? That's a punishment. Um, if, you know, and there's other times when we just need to simply get stronger. Now, if we're trying to simply just get stronger, then that's not a punishment. We just need to get stronger. And the only way to get stronger is to do conditioning, right? And some of that conditioning includes running or burpees or bear crawls and, and all those things. But there are other times when you're talking and you need to do burpees or bear crawls and conditioning. So sometimes it is a punishment. Sometimes it's not a punishment, but I could see how you could confuse those things. I actually did get this from Shay, friend of the show. Shay, when are you coming on the show, man? Let's go. We need to get you on ASAP Rocky. So anyway, I got this from Shay. It's actually really good advice. And I actually kind of changed the way I do punishment conditioning because of Shay. So Shay uh, influenced me to do like, instead of, instead of doing, here's what usually happens. If a kid unlocks her, if, if a flyer unlocks her knee in a stunt, then what, as coaches, we go, okay, go do five bear crawls, go do five up downs, right? She unlocked her knee in the stunt. And Shay was suggesting that you do like sports specific or drill specific conditioning that would actually help that athlete in the future, right? So instead of doing five up-downs because she unlocked her knee in the stunt, you go, hey, here's the stunt stand. Do five straight-up libs on the stunt stand, right, to reinforce you locking out your knee. Okay, you did your back handsprings and your ankles were apart. Here goes the noodle. Do five back handsprings with the noodle in, right? And so you're not – it's not a punishment. You're just doing like a, a, a drill-specific conditioning that will actually help reinforce the good habit or break the habit that you're trying to – or the bad habit that you're trying to break, right? So that's actually really good. I actually do a lot more of that. After Shay um, told me about that, I've tried to do a lot more than that. But there is a time when you're just frustrated and you're just like, no, do do five bear crawls. So whoever you are, athlete, I'm glad that you listen and um, to the show. I'm glad that you sent in a question. I hope that clears up any misconceptions we have over conditioning as a punishment. But that being said, B, what you got? I'm just thinking about this, the conditioning question, because the girls had told me within the last week they're tired of their – school team teammates complaining about conditioning because it's not as bad as conditioning is at American. <laughs> <laughs> you darn right. And I'm just thinking like, 
there's, you know, common coaches, right? Two coaches that coach the school team. They also coach at American. And I was like asking them, I'm like, oh, really? And they're like, yeah, we were laddering and they were complaining. We have to ladder all the time at American. It's not that bad. Just do it and get it over with. Yeah, man. Let's go. That is such a good laddering. That is like my favorite thing to do. Like the kids get like in shape doing ladder. It's like my favorite thing to do. I got that. Shout out to Trisha O'Connor, my coach at uh, SFA. She's the one who taught me that. But yeah, so there you go. Conditioning. We do it. Make it happen. Get strong. Get weak. You know, you know how it is. But yeah, so let's get to our, our, our break. And then we'll hop into cheer A to Z. We brought it back this week for you guys. All right, guys. So for those of you guys who are new to the show, we have our segment cheer A to Z. And this is when I pick a random letter in the alphabet. It's not really a random letter. We usually go in order. So we go in order through the alphabet and each letter has a coach tip associated with that letter. So today we are on we are on J and J is for John Wooden, coach John Wooden, who, in my opinion, the greatest coach to have ever lived. So coach John Wooden, he coached basketball at UCLA in the sixties and seventies and just had a fantastic program, just a fantastic program. He wrote lots of books and he just had this philosophy on how you should, you know, coach and structure team practices and treat the athletes and how to be successful. And, you know, the one thing he's like really famous for as an author is his pyramid of success. Right. And so, each he has this pyramid and each pyramid has a block and that block has a letter or a letter has a word, a character quality. And if you do that character quality, then you can be successful. So it starts off with industriousness, which is hard work and proper planning. And then moves into enthusiasm, which enthusiasm brushes off on people who you come in contact with. And you must love what you're going to do if you're going to be successful and then you move into your people blocks of loyalty and cooperation and friendship and then you know and it builds up this um this pyramid anyway so that was what he was like most famous for but i love coach wooden so with jay my thing is get your hands on as many coach wooden books as possible because he really was the greatest coach to have ever lived he was great and so he really was he's really changed the way that i coach the way i view coaching the way I view, you know, life in general. Like he was really, really good. My mom, shout out to my mom. But when I became a coach, I'm not sure if I've told this story on the pod before, but when I became a coach, my mom gave me like a little care package of, here you go. I got hired at CBU and she's like, Jason, you're officially a coach now. Here's your, your coach starter pack. And in there was a book called The Greatest Coach of All Time. And it was about Coach Wooden. I don't think he wrote anything in there. It was just about people who had been in, who, people who had been coached by Coach Wooden or people that Coach Wooden had influenced. And so I'm just going through this book and I'm like, man, this guy is absolutely great. This guy is awesome. And so I read that book. After that, I got Pyramid of Success. After that, I just read every Coach Wooden book I could get my hand on. Actually, this is a fun fact. So. What we're doing right now is cheer A to Z, right? Go through the alphabet and just give you a different random letter. The original cheer A to Z is actually based on a Coach Wooden book. 
So I'm not sure if you knew that, B, but it actually is based on a, a Coach Wooden book. One of the books, I can't remember the name of it, but I'll put the link. I'll get the name of it. And I'll put the link in the description. I'll actually, I'll put a bunch of links in the description for my favorite Coach Wooden books. So one of my, one of the books was about Coach Wooden's seven um, mentors that he had and then seven people that he mentored, right? So it's one book, seven people that mentored him, seven people that he mentored. And with those people that he mentored, they actually like wrote a chapter of the book, right? And so when I get to the part, that part of the book, there's one guy who, who looked up to Coach Wooden and he just wanted you know, him to mentor him and get some time from him. He's like, I just need some, I just want to spend an afternoon with you and learn as much as I can. So this coach took a yellow legal pad and wrote down the letters A through Z and tried to come up with questions A through Z. I'm going to come up with a question for A. And, you know, he's a basketball coach. They're all basketball questions, right? And he comes up with these 26 questions and he asks Coach Wood and he goes down the list and, you know, he just wants to have like, he wants to have, efficient time with coach Wooden and be able to cover all sorts of different things in basketball. And I was like, wow, it's such a creative idea. I loved it. And I know I've told the story on the pod before, but I, I love the idea so much that I came up with 26 cheer questions. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And I went and called every coach that I knew from a big program. Oh, I know a coach at cheer athletics. So I called the cheer athletics coach and went a through Z. I know a coach at stingrays. And went A through Z. I know a coach at ICE, A through Z. I did this with all those coaches and learned like so much that summer when I did that with that handful of coaches, five, six coaches, whatever it was. Um, and so, yeah, I got that from, from Coach Wooden. So a bunch of really good stuff. Coach Wooden is the man. He just changed, again, my perspective and will change your perspective on how to be a great coach. And I'm guessing how to be a great parent. Um, one of his quotes in one of his books is, do you run your team the way you run your family? He said, no, or wait, do you run your, do you run your teams the way you run your family? He's like, no, I run my families. No. How does it go? I run my teams the same way I run my family. Sorry. That's how it is. So anyway, um, but B, I just had a great idea now that I'm thinking about it. Let's hear it. Because I love that. Because I loved that um, the idea so much, I have no idea how many coaches have taken me up on it. Because I know I've said this several times, either on the pod or out to other coaches. Oh, yeah, just interview coaches A through Z. You'll get a bunch of really good information from them. We should do it on the pod. We should do it on the pod and bring it back and invite coaches on and go, hey, coach, we're going A through Z with you record it as an episode and post it. Cause I'm telling you, we will get some really, really good insightful stuff that will really help, you know, coaches at large. It will be awesome. It really will be awesome. So I think we should do it. I hope you agree. Yeah. yeah let's do it. There we go. We're doing it B anyway. Um, but I guess that's it for the episode. Is there anything else we need to talk about? Nope. I'm good over here. There we go. All right. We're doing this cheer A to Z with coaches. We're bringing on. So coaches, if you want to be a part of the, the collective who actually participate in, in A to Z, hit me up in the DMs. Like, I'd love to, you know, share my knowledge and, um, you know, we'll make it happen. Other than that, like this video, share it, subscribe, leave a five-star rating, make a donation until then five, six, seven, eight. We're, We're out. out.
Hey, Let's Talk Cheer podcast listeners, although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out, check them all out, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.